It's been a minute since I've uh, done one of these. Um, several reasons for that, none of which are a topic for this evening. Um, the reason I am here, though, is because our topic is Christmas. Um, Christmas happens to be one of my least favorite holidays um, because it just breaks my heart. Um, we, we so often see Christmas invading our lives earlier and earlier and earlier every year. Um, I think this year we actually even saw Christmas start popping its head up um, in Walmart um, before Halloween. Um, and, and, and that breaks my heart because it seems like Christmas has become the corporate standard of economic relief. Um, a, a holiday that they can capitalize on in order to bring them more money. And they keep just, they just keep pushing that on us more and more, earlier and earlier and earlier. And then it starts creeping into us through um, advertisements on any of our social media, um, through um, any of our streaming services, Pandora, anything that you listen to. It seems like Christmas is coming earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, and, and a lot of people say, well, why, why is that such a bad thing? Well, it's, it's a bad thing because the Christmas that um, corporate America is promoting is promoting good advice, not the good news, okay? Um, and, and the good advice meaning we, we hear all these things about live good, um, bring joy to people through giving, love one another. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty evident where we see it um, people that are probably the most scroogey people that you think of are the ones that tell you Merry Christmas, right? But they're not the ones that are going to tell you have a good day any other year, day of the year. Like, it, it's, it's good advice. And it's good advice that seems to only come on the Christmas season. And, and I mean, good advice is good, obviously. Like, we all want to live to be better people, and, and good advice tells us to love on people. Good advice tells us to um, have joy in certain things. Good advice tells us that stuff. But see, here's the problem with good advice. Good advice is rooted in something we don't really want because good advice tells us it's on you, go and do it, okay? Good advice simply is just something that's promoting us to go do something on our own. But the good news that should be of the Christmas season is obviously of our Lord and Savior. See, good news tells us it's already been done. Okay? Good advice is not what we want, and good news is what we want because we know it's already been done. Now, we have a, a special circumstance in our lives where we already know it's been done. It's, uh, it's, it's our privilege to know the, the full Bible front to back. We, we get to be privy to information that the Old Testament didn't get, obviously, because they are only in the Old Testament. They don't get to know the end story. They don't get to know the end game. They don't realize that this baby that we have in the Old Testament is the Lord and Savior, the one that's going to die on the cross that we get in the New Testament. They don't get to know that he's not done, he's coming back. Like, that's the good news that we know, that we can hang our hat on and we can have hope in, but they didn't know that. Instead, they had hope that I feel is even more rooted than our hope because they had hope in this, this baby king that they just thought was their savior. They didn't actually know it. And that's the hope that I want. That's the hope that I want the Christmas season to promote, not the hope that, you know, Santa's going to bring us the new 72-inch you know, OLED TV. Like, that's not the hope I want, right? That's not the hope you guys want. The hope that you want and the hope that you want to promote is the hope of Jesus Christ.
So the really cool thing that I, I, I found, you know, I, I've read this story several times. I read it to my kids several times, and it's not until I, uh, I, I read the story and taught the story to some of my, my team kid kids, my fifth and sixth grade boys, and one of them pointed it out to me, and it's such an amazing thing, and I missed it. I missed it several times. All right, it's, it's Luke 1, um, 26 through tw- or 38, and it reads this. So it's the story in the, of the encounter of uh, angel Gabriel that brings the news to Mary in, in Luke. And it reads, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nath, the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and said to her, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Like, we already know all that, right? We know through what we're learning anyway from a Christmas season, that's always and forever going to be what people ground themselves in, is the Virgin Mary and, and Joseph and baby Jesus. Like, we get that. We know that. That's a story we hear every year. But it goes on to say, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at that saying and tried to discern the sort of greeting this might be. Like, she's immediately like red flags, like, what's going on here? Like, hold up, pump the brakes. What'd you just call me? Favored one? It's, it's okay? Like, you're an angel coming to talk to me and you're calling me these names. Like, she's already just kind of on edge here. And then he tells her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What? Why? And behold, you will conceive in the womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And here's the part that I missed. Like, I've heard that forever, and that's all really exciting news, Right? We, we're get, we get the very first glimpse of what's to come, that this baby that's born of a virgin, uh, and, and just that in itself is amazing, because what, what news stops people in the tracks? Young, young woman with child? Like, that's not a big deal, right? But a virgin with a child? Wow, okay. So, but we, we, we hear that Mary says, and she said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And in in the sixth month, this with her who is called... Page taken together. Hate it when I split verses. Barren. So she's already kind of seen this happening. Like she sees the evidence through, through her already, and she knows that God can already do this. So she's kind of starting to change her idea here, trying to change her path. She says, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to me, your, your word. And the angel departed from her. Now that's the part I missed. That's the part for so many years that, that I just kind of discounted. Like, all these things are happening to Mary, and she's starting to question things. She's starting to question, you know, why me? What's going to happen? How's this going to happen? And then the angel simply says to her, nothing's too big without God. And she immediately says, I'm in. You know, and, and she says, I'm in because she has hope that what's going to happen 
is going to be some sort of great thing. And then we start seeing other things happen, several other stories along here in Luke, um, when we start seeing uh, the wise men and the angels and the people and the animals coming to see baby Jesus in this manger, this, this rat hole, this thing that he's born into, and they're immediately starting to have hope. Like, why else would you guys go see a baby born in a manger that everybody's like, hey, look, there's a baby. Like, that's not what happens, right? People are going to see Christ Jesus lay in there because they know that Christ Jesus is their hope. See, we know that Christ Jesus is our hope because we have the whole story. We have the end game. We have the, the account of the cross. We have the account of the resurrection and the ascension. We have the account of Revelation where he comes back and fights for us and takes us with him. Like we know without a shadow of a doubt he's our hope. But they didn't. They just had a word from God that nothing's too big without God. Like that's what I've missed all these years. And that's what people continue to miss through this, this half-baked longing of corporate Christmas of everything will be okay because you're going to be good to people. You're going to get these things. You're going to share joy. So, so how about this? The, the, the half-baked longings that is corporate Christmas tells us that everything's going to be okay on Christmas morning, right? All of our families are going to come together. You know, my brother who's a recovering alcoholic is going to sit down at the table and not have any problems. My mother-in-law, who is just a terrible person to be around, is going to sit down at the table and, and is going to be okay. Like on Christmas morning, everything is going to be fine, right? And those are, those are okay, those are, those are appropriate belongings, but they're only half-baked. They're only rooted in certain things, not rooted in the true story. Like we know, again, because we have the end game, that you're right. On Christmas morning, everything's going to be okay because Christmas morning's the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we, we need to have the hope that Mary had to quit doubting and to quit asking questions and to fully put her faith in the fact that this guy, this baby, this king that we were promised is here. You see, Jesus Christ is the answer to every single one of God's promises ever. Over 3,000 promises made in the Bible, and, and Jesus is the answer to every single one of them. And somehow, Mary knew that. And Mary immediately had hope in the situation. And we missed it. Did you miss it? Because I missed it. Let's not miss it this year. Let's not miss what the real meaning of Christmas is. Let's not, let's not miss that it's not about loving on people or spreading good joy through Christmas songs that aren't even reflective of who Jesus Christ is. Let's, let's pronounce who the real king is and what the season's about. So.